you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. My name is Tyson Franklin and with me today is my co-host, Jim McDonald. How are you doing this morning, Jim? Tyson, I'm really good. I'm really good. It's a, such a plain, uh, calm, collected <laughs> intro. I, you were waiting I'm for it, were you? I, I was like, what's it going to be this time? But I appreciate <laughs> I like all your intros, so I'm not disappointed, but I did definitely uh, was taking a little bit of a surprise there. So. I was looking at your face. I'm thinking, you. I could just see the look on your face thinking, what am I going to say this morning? So I thought, you know what? I'm going to say nothing. I'm just going to introduce you professionally for a change. And I knew they would totally throw you, throw you, which it did. Totally. I'm just totally thrown off now. Okay, that's right. So what are we talking about today? What is on today's uh, menu? Yeah, so we're going to talk about something probably every podiatrist and every high school student or college student, anyone that loves to get in front of a crowd. We're going to talk about uh, public speaking today and why, 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 why should you consider it? Like, what are some ways to go about uh, thinking about a topic? You know, how, who should you talk to, um, and and why is it an important thing to build a practice or just to uh, gain expert? You know, be seen as the expert. Uh, in your local area or even uh, internationally, for example. I tell you, I used to pack my decks when it came to public speaking. <laughs> I hated, I managed to get through primary school, high school and university without ever getting up and doing a, a, a speech. I was just <laughs> absolutely terrified. So I must have been the only person, I was sports captain and I didn't turn up for the presentation night because I knew we'd won things. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah. I was uh, I was that person in podiatry school, or even in when I was in practice, just like going to conferences, sitting in the audience, and being very glad that I was not the person on stage. But yeah. um, you'll be surprised though once you find something that you really enjoy doing, or you know you you definitely want to be known for, like how that will sometimes change. Um, doesn't necessarily make it any easier, or doesn't require any less practice, but at least you have something to kind of get you over that hump uh, potentially. So I think that's a big thing. It's finding a topic that you're comfortable to talk about. So at high school, primary school, university, they were pretty much forcing me to talk <laughs> about something that I didn't want to talk about. I felt there was other people in the room that were more qualified at talking about that subject. So I felt like a bit of a dill actually doing it. But once, and I think what happens is that created this fear of public speaking that I took way into adulthood, into my late 20s, early 30s, that I still was just petrified. And then all of a sudden, I just started doing it and realized that, I don't know, I think, like you said, when you find something that you that you want to talk about, it's a lot easier. No, for sure. I think for me, it was like not only find something that I felt knowledgeable about, maybe a little bit differently. Like you said, you know, someone that's been doing surgery for 20 or 25 years, and then I'm going to go and talk about a similar procedure on stage. There's a, there's a certain amount of anxiety or uh, imposter syndrome, maybe to get up on stage yeah. and talk about something like that. Uh, but, you know, for me, it was when I, you know, kind of got into digital marketing. I saw actually a need for, for my colleagues and fellow podiatrists to kind of get the edge on some of these like shady marketing agencies. You know, I felt like I was doing a service to, that was really helping people. So like, I almost felt like I was doing a disservice by not talking about it. So when that, whether that's, you know, like, you know, it, it, whatever the topic is, once you like, once that switch is kind of flipped, 
like you don't see the world or you don't see speaking in the same way is it still like am i like dying to get in front of like you know you know post covid it's going to be interesting to be out actually talking at a, a, a in real uh you know live events and in front of real people because i've been staring at cameras yeah you know talking on zoom which is it helps but it's not the same thing as having that energy of a crowd or those live you know, questions and answers sessions but um yeah i think it's it's once you, you kind of like you go down that rabbit hole or that that switch is flipped you're like okay like that's something i need to do now not necessarily that's something i have to do i just think it opens so many doors i i tell people now that if you don't like public speaking it's it's unfortunate because it opens so many doors that you don't you don't even know need opening so i used to think i could just hide never have to do any public speaking. And I remember the first one I ever did, a doctor contacted me and said, oh, we need someone to do this uh, sports medicine subject. Can you do it? And for some reason I said yes, I don't know why. But I'm so glad I did because it was the beginning of me getting over this fear. So I did this talk and I took a 45-minute talk and turned it into four minutes. It was a very rushed, <laughs> rushed version of it. I reckon I burped. Uh, I probably farted. I just, it was, it was terrible. I walked out of the room and I sat there and just go, oh, 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 my God, I was, so, I was so bad. Anyway, the doctor came out, puts his hand on my shoulder and I thought, he's going to tell me, Tyson, you weren't as bad as what you thought. Puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, Tyson, that was the worst presentation I've ever seen in my life. If anyone ever asks you to do public speaking again, please for everybody else's sake, say no. And he left. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, if that's as bad as I could get, I can only improve. <laughs> so I just kept doing it and hated every minute of it until I figured out the secret was what you said right at the start is speak about what you love doing. Yeah, That's the secret. It's because love, love doing and, and definitely like, you know, you're providing value to other people, right? Like, I think it's some, sometimes you get on stage, you see people on stage and for better, for worse, like, uh, they're kind of shilling like a product or they're shilling something that doesn't yeah. really feel like it's coming from the heart or from like a good place or will develop kind of a win-win dynamic with, with this, with the talk. So I think that stuff is pretty transparent. Uh, but yeah, like it's just, once you, you know, you're helping people, you're speaking about what you love, like then it, then it doesn't feel as much like work and that, you know, the, the nervousness or the stage fright, or am I going to, you know, totally screw this up? Those feelings like will still always kind of be there, but like you're willing to confront those feelings or, you know, get past them for that half an hour or 45 minute talk. So, yeah, I think, like I said, I, it's a thrill and it's a rush to be up on stage too there's definitely some uh oh, I love it. an adrenaline rush you get from uh having that interaction with people and uh, i'm super excited to, to kind of do some more in the future oh it's one of those things that i did a talk in liverpool a couple of years back 2019 a thousand people in the crowd and i got up there and i'm thinking i wish i had to wear my brown pants today i was, <laughs> I was like geez that's a big crowd so but once i got into it once you go through the first 60 seconds and you start getting a roll going on, and I think the last live one I did last year, yeah, June last year, I did one for a dental group. It was about 250 people. Same thing, though. It's that it's an adrenaline rush. And somebody said to me once, if you're not nervous going up on stage, then it means you don't care. But I reckon the other tip is realizing outside of podiatry, any group that you're talking to about podiatry, 
you know the subject better than anybody else. So if you're talking to a group of independent retirees, believe me, you know more about podiatry than anybody else in that room. If you're talking to a group of physios, a group of doctors, you know, GP, you know, general practitioners, you know more about whatever it is you're about to talk about than them. So never feel intimidated. And that's the part. You know, if you're a podiatrist, you know your stuff. So you can share it with, with the public quite easily. No, that's a great point. I definitely agree with that. Like, you can kind of get past that imposter syndrome, especially if you're not in front of peers. It's when you're sometimes, you know, when people are in front of their peers, that that's probably the most. Oh, no, I don't that, like doing uh... that. I'd hate that. It just, <laughs> but when it comes to marketing and business, well, oh, just, uh, I, yeah, just give me an invite and I'm there. I absolutely love it. Perfect. And I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I definitely need a. I'm pretty loose on stage. It's been a little while, but I uh, definitely look forward to jumping back up. There. You're a loose but, cannon, uh, are you? Uh, not, not not as loose as you are up there, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> in my own ways, it, take, it takes me a little bit warmer to get a little bit longer to get warmed up. But um, when it comes to, uh, I guess you know, looking for a topic. If people want to do public speaking, what what are some good topics, or how should they approach that? Yeah, well, like you talked about, right? Like talk about what you know, talk about what you love, talk about what you can help. But some ways of drilling down a little bit further into that is, you know, what, you know, if we're talking to a specific audience, like what's that ideal patient you would be like, you know, let's say like, you know, you want to be the running sports medicine doctor or you want to take care of soccer or football players. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense to talk on those type of topic, topics, you know, like really have some different sports medicine injury um, topics, you know, so whatever your wheelhouse is from an ideal patient perspective, that's something you can do. Obviously as well, like, you know, if you are that, you know, hot shot foot and ankle surgeon who's doing, you know, trauma or maybe just love doing ingrown toenails and you have a new way of doing it. If it's something procedural related or you're doing something kind of cutting edge or new, um, that's definitely an area you could focus on as well. Um, and then last but not least, you know, there's areas outside of clinical practice. You know, for example, you and me, we like, you know, podiatry marketing, things like practice management. There's all kinds of topics that people like that aren't necessarily just the clinical side of the practice where, you know, there are opportunities to speak. It's a matter of just like, you know, like we talked about in previous episodes of the show, what kind of patients do you want to treat? What are you good at treating? And what, you know, what is that thing you would want to see all day come into your practice? And that's a great kind of area to start off with the topic of, mm. um, you know, speaking to different types of, uh, of folks, which we'll get into here in a little bit. And I think it's important for people to realize too, if you're in front of two people, you're public speaking. So public speaking doesn't necessarily mean you have to jump up on a stage and be talking to a room full of people. If you're turning up at a doctor's surgery and there's three other doctors there and maybe a physio, is like you said, what do you like doing more of? So therefore... Go to them and talk about that particular subject. Don't talk about all the other aspects of podiatry if that's of no interest to you. Because one, you're not going to feel comfortable talking about it. But if it's something that really interests you, you're probably going to be more passionate about that. And that will actually come through when you're talking. No, that, that's exactly right. I think that's a, that's a huge component of you know what we're trying to do when we get up on stage is to like have those those topics that really connect with people, right? We're not just kind of like, like I said, we're not just shilling what we're doing. It's like It's like, how do we... Uh, help move them forward and give them information that's going to be beneficial to them and they'll get a lot of value from. So um, so what, what type of groups could should people be talking to? Yeah, so I think like one, you know, some different groups that people can be talking to is that, like I said, and you kind of develop that message, your topics, your message, what do you want to get out there? And then, like you said, like, who are you going to connect that message to? And the way you talk about the topic 
is going to really vary between the audience that you're in, you're in front of, right? So for number one, like, you know, there's, there's kind of that local aspect, those local opportunities to speak uh, in front of folks. So, you know, those are the first level is kind of that, that patient level, right? Maybe you're going to, like you said, like a senior care facility or a senior's event, or maybe you're at a local running shoe store, or you're doing something where, you know, you're talking to very, you know, you're kind of in front of patients and you're talking about a very specific type of thing that you're kind of the expert in. So yeah. that might lead to new patient visits that might lead to word of mouth referrals. So there's a lot of different things that can happen when you're kind of in front of uh, those, those patients. Uh, the next step is kind of like, let's say it's like related businesses. And I guess I touched on it real quickly there already, but like maybe it's a local shoe store, maybe it's a, uh, you know, like a, an AFO or an orthotic, um, you know, like a, like a uh, custom or, you know, AFO or a maker that, you know, someone you have a kind of a business relationship with, but maybe they want to have uh, something, you know, there's a foot drop night and you can talk about how you treat foot drop or uh, how you're working with that business to improve the lives of people. So, you know, being kind of a value add to that business will maybe lead to more referrals. And just like I said, spreading your expertise in front of people that may not either know what you do or who you are, but just gaining some general awareness uh, in the local business community can be a big thing. Um, the next step beyond that is kind of other healthcare providers, right? So maybe it's physical therapists or physios or uh, chiropractors or family medicine doctors or um, just a wide variety of other healthcare providers where, you know, maybe you're a part of a local hospital conference, maybe you're working work with someone at a, a marathon medical tent like an md or a an orthopedic doc that you know he doesn't do feet but he would like to have you know your expertise at a local event and partner with so there's different ways to kind of like spread that network um, and then build a name for yourself amongst those other local healthcare providers so then they're referring patients to you you're referring patients to them it's a real way a great way to network with mm other local healthcare providers. Um, and last but not least is, you know, having opportunities to speak with other podiatrists locally. Um, maybe that's your state association. You're kind of showing people within your region um, or within your state, you know, what you do, how you maybe do things a little bit different than them. Maybe you have some niche expertise that they would like to send patients to you um, if it's not too far away, if you don't live in a huge state. Um, so that's kind of that first level is it's kind of like, you know, these local talks, whether it be with patients, related businesses, other healthcare providers, or your podiatric colleagues. What about on a, a bigger scale, if you wanted to go, oh, no, I want to go bigger than that. What what other areas do you think people could actually talk in? Yeah, so I mean, definitely, there, that's kind of the local area. But if you want to go more regional, national, or international, and really be seen as like, a high level expert, there's definitely ways to go about doing that. I know that there's some of my classmates now that are kind of on a speaking scene with, um, with medical device manufacturers, you know, maybe they do like these anatomy labs about how to do a new type of surgical procedure, or, um, you know, they're kind of a spokesperson for these different um, medical device companies. Yeah. Obviously you want to be associated with high quality products. You don't want to like, just, like I said, shill without, you know, only for the money, you know, you want to make sure that something that does provide true patient value, but that's one way is sometimes if you do see value in a procedure, um, you know, like there's a lot of kind of new ways of, doing bunions or bunion surgeries or hardware associated with those maybe you really like one you can reach out to those folks say you've done 50 procedures with them and maybe they, they see value in adding you to their speaker roster it's a way of 
like some earning some additional income, but also kind of like broadcasting your expertise amongst your colleagues is, is one way of seeing it. And I do think when you're starting out in public speaking, if you're not very comfortable with it, is start small. I mean, local, could be your next door neighbor, but just start really small and gradually just build up over a period of time and pick really safe subjects to begin with, then start expanding upon the, the topics that you're going to talk about. I think sometimes they people have this fear that they've got to jump in front of 100 people straight away, and I don't think you should do that. You're, <laughs> I couldn't. But also there was there's a lot of free opportunities, and if you get good at it, then eventually there could be some paid opportunities. There was a guy that I was listening to on a podcast, and he said he did over 200 free talks before he ever got paid. He said then once he got paid, he got paid big bucks. <laughs> which I which I thought was funny. And I think the other tip I would give people is practice, practice, and practice some more. And when you think you've got it nailed, practice. Constantly be practicing what you're going to say, the time you're going to say things. And for every half hour talk you want to do, have a 20-minute version, have a 10-minute version. And they said, because sometimes you are planning, on, oh, I'm going to do a 20-minute talk. And they go, oh, yes, you've got half an hour. And you're like, what the? I thought I only had 20 minutes. I've got to talk for an extra 10. So, and all other times you're planning for a 30-minute talk and you get up there and say, oh, I'll just let you know the other speaker's been running late. Can you do it in 20? And you've got to be able to cut it back because if they're trying to save time and you can adapt to them really easily, you'll get invited back. If they tell you it's 20 minutes and you go 45 minutes, it's a quick way to get uninvited to future <laughs> to future events as well. No, that's a good point. I think um, you know, I was when I was talking about local, I was talking probably more your local, you know, your local state association. But yeah, you know, especially in the U.S., right? Like there's uh, there's 50 states, so like you, you know, I think I, I I was not like that guy. I did not do 200 talks before I did my first one. I think I got paid on my. <laughs> my first talk and then i just jumped around to a bunch of states to do some talks online back in 2020 but yeah but there's there's no right or wrong way about doing it and um there, there's lots of opportunities out there for people that i think you know like i said like if you went to podiatry school in the us uh even in can like in canada you know they're always looking for speakers like you know it's and um you know if you have a good topic and you know you're you're relatively uh you know you do the best job that you can you know i think that uh you know, it just takes practice to kind of get sharpened up uh, to a level that you feel comfortable and then they're happy that you, you, you spoke as well. So I think that's uh, a great opportunity there. Um, beyond the medical companies, I will say that, you know, uh, you know, as you kind of connect, like obviously you can connect with your podiatry colleagues, but you can also connect with these like, you know, if there's a sports medicine physio or a physical therapist that you know, after you've done some other stuff with a physical therapist, you think you like this person's work, you can reach out to them. Um, it just kind of like, you know, form kind of a professional, you know, relationship with, with other people kind of nationally or internationally. And as that kind of organic uh, relationship or you're writing research papers or you're doing stuff with other people, like all these kinds of opportunities will kind of open up. So, you know, whether it's speaking at a national sports medicine conference or and maybe it's like uh, you're talking about like diabetes. I know like David Armstrong is a big guy within podiatry in the U.S. to talk about you know, diabetes. And he's kind of like speaking at all kinds of different conferences that aren't just like the APMA or ACFAST. So there are ways to get on different 
uh, like speaking uh, circuits based on what you're uh, providing. Uh, and then also like there's also the different types of podiatry meetings, whether it's US-based podiatry meetings, you know, going down to Australia, going to Canada, Europe. There's there's lots of opportunities internationally as well. So it is sometimes to get those gigs, you do have to like kind of be a domain expert or you have to offer something that's a little bit different. But, you know, with time, effort, and like I said, kind of knowing what you want to talk about and really nailing your message and, you know, providing, uh, you know, great care or whatever topic or becoming an expert in whatever topic you want to talk about, um, you'll kind of separate yourself from other people over time. Yeah. And one thing I'll add to that too is if you want to speak somewhere, sometimes you've got to put the effort in. You can't expect everyone to come to you. You've got to go to these different organizations and say, hey, I want to speak. I was, um, I spoke in British Columbia in, in Powell River of all places. And I was going there to visit some friends. So I thought, I'm going to go there. Wouldn't it be great if I could do a, a speaking gig at the same time? So I wrote to their Chamber of Commerce and I said, uh, look, I'm coming into town. I said, oh, I've written a book and I want to do a marketing talk. Uh, would you be interested? So they wrote back to me and said, that'd be fantastic. They said, we don't have a lunch on that week that you're here, but we'll put one on. I went, oh, okay, that's that's good. So next thing, then my friend rings me up about two weeks later. Oh, about two weeks before I get there. He sends me an email says, you're in the paper today. I said, what do you mean? They said, it's this international speaker from Australia is going to be at the Chamber of Commerce lunch talking about the six pillars of marketing. Oh, oh okay. A week out. No, I'm in the paper again the following, because I only the paper once a week. I was in the paper again about <laughs> international speaker and author turning up in Power River. So I said, how many people are normally at your meetings? They said, oh, we're usually 12, 15. It's not, not big. We're only a small little mill town. I rock up. 50 people have booked. The mayor of the town was there to meet me because I was this international speaker that had come in. And uh, it was an unbelievable, it was probably one of the most fun I've ever had doing a talk because there's a live group, they're having lunch at the same time. And I actually took that recording and I released it as a podcast episode on It's No Secret with Dr. T that was uh, live in Power River. So going back to what I was originally saying was, Sometimes you've got to make the first move, make contact with people, tell them the topic, and they may say no the first time, but just keep nurturing that relationship and keep putting the feelers out there because the more work you put out there, then eventually uh, the, the work will come back. No, 100%. I think that's that's a great point. And honestly, that's how I got my first few speaking gigs. People didn't track me down, right? I There were certain places I wanted to go. Uh, speak at and uh, yeah I was really kind of doing that legwork will go a long way yeah have you ever had the mayor of the town uh, meet you at one of your speeches to do a meet and greet <laughs> I thought I was going to get to cut a ribbon or something <laughs> I have not had that I was I was excited to go to uh, I think was it uh, Wichita Kansas to go see some of my classmates who were, who actually practice in the state but uh, yeah. you know that was that was during my 2020 Zoom tour. So uh, like, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe meeting a, uh, a mayor of a town one of these days. I just thought it was what, what I've really loved about public speaking. And this is what it goes back to when I said right at the beginning. You don't know what doors public speaking is going to open for you until you actually go through that first door. And like I said, I was terrified for the first 30 years of my life. And I look at all the opportunities I probably missed out on because of that fear of just not getting up there and doing it. But then for some reason I realized if if I wanted to be successful in my podiatry clinic and I had no plans on that I was gonna 
be speaking in front of a thousand people down the track. You just got to get over that fear and you got to learn how to do it. And I just think it, it's practice, practice, <laughs> and more practice, like I said before. Yeah, it's practice and finding that topic that you actually will get you over the hump, right? I think until you know what you want to talk about um, and, and what what is worthy of pra- being practiced, like it uh, it doesn't always click for people. Sometimes there's going to be people sitting in the audience uh, forever, and that's okay. Yeah. But if, once you do find that thing, like you said, practice, get better at it, and then do the legwork, and you'll be surprised all the all the doors that open up uh, when you really make an effort with public speaking. Yeah, and just weird opportunities. I did a uh, a great debate a couple of years ago, where it was a it's a mock great debate. We get dressed up in costumes and it's to raise uh, money for charity. And you had to, I had to do a, a six minute monologue of me just getting up there. If someone had told me that when I was thirty that I would have done that, no way. <laughs> but it's one of those things that you just gradually build up. And another tip I think for people that are going to do public speak is have visual prompts. Is have things that remind you of what because one of my fears was i wouldn't remember what to say and then i'd be standing there looking stupid mm-hmm. and a friend said to me yeah one of the easy things to do is have friggin' notes in your hand have palm cards to, to keep you on track of what you're going to do or have a sheet of paper and just say to them oh, i've just got this in front of me because i don't want you to miss out on anything and use these prompts i use powerpoint presentations a lot purely to keep my brain in check of what i'm supposed to be talking about <laughs> Those are all helpful things for sure. So, Jim, have you got anything else you, you want to add uh, to this before we wrap up? Like I said, like uh, I was a very reluctant speaker, but I'm very happy that uh, I've kind of taken the plunge. So I definitely encourage anyone that has a slight inkling to uh, find that topic, find a place to, pra- you know, to definitely practice, but then j- jump up on stage and, and, and kind of give it, a, give it a turn and see what you think of it. Yeah, make sure you wear brown pants. That's my, my <laughs> final tip. <laughs> Okay, Jim, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Tyson. Okay, bye. Bye Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.